with uh, the sending of Pamblesh uh, in Italian. It's very beautiful. It's made by a Catholic priest who practices in Pamblesh. He put uh, Gregorian uh, music and with elements of uh, Italian folk music, so it sounds very nice. Rauta is always ready. If you are ready, you tell him. The air up here is very, very fresh, very fragrant. It's a joy to, to breathe in and out. Every morning we uh, practice uh, walking meditation to the meditation hall, meditation hall. We start at 5.30 to walk up here or down here. We have half an hour to enjoy every step. And we arrive um, maybe 10 minutes. 15 meters advance, and we enjoy sitting while other people are arriving. And during that time, no car is allowed to go up and down. And uh, the air is very beautiful, very fresh, very fragrant. And after the sitting and the chanting, we go back to our hamlet. We have half an hour to go, so it's plenty of time to enjoy walking on the pure land. Again, no car is allowed to go up and, and down. So in the morning, we have two hours and 15 minutes car free. And in the evening also, we have two hours and 15 minutes car free. That's not too bad. coming soon, in a few days. And millions, hundreds of millions of people will be celebrating New Year, the year of the monkey. The monkey is in the mind. <laughs> Always. The idea is not to, uh, to force the monkey to, uh, to stop but to follow the monkey, to be aware of everything that happens in our thinking. We become aware of the movement of our mind. We don't try to suppress our mind. 
you have one year to practice. <laughs> 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 A year on a monkey. <coughs> and in uh, in the deer park, we uh, we devote we have five days celebrating the new year. Please join us. After this Dhamma talk, Sister Jiang Hong will come up and tell you about how to celebrate the, the year of the monkey. You are ready? Okay. Let us enjoy our in-breath and out-breath. Breathing in, I am on the mountain. Breathing out, I smile to the mountains. Good morning, dear Sangha. Uh, today is uh, January the 11th, uh, the 18th, the year 2004, and we are in the Deer Park uh, Monastery during our winter retreat. Last time we spoke about um, how to be fully uh, present, how to become fully present how to become fully alive. <coughs> the practice is so easy that if uh, it would be a pity if we don't do it, 
because you need only breathe, to breathe in mindfully uh, to make a peaceful mindful step that uh, you could become uh, fully uh, present, fully alive. The power of mindfulness, the energy of mindfulness is available because every one of us has a seed of mindfulness in our consciousness. We need only to touch that seed in order for it to become energy. The energy of mindfulness makes us alive, fully present in the here and the now. And that is the Buddha. That is our holiness. Holiness is not something outside, it is inside. The Buddha is uh, inhabited by the energy of mindfulness, concentration and insight. We can also be inhabited by the same kind of energy. And if uh, we keep the energy of mindfulness, concentration and insight alive, we are Buddhas, we are good continuations of the Buddha. We live in forgetfulness. We have pain and sorrow. That is the kind of uh, garbage in us. It can be used in order to nourish the flower of mindfulness, concentration and insight. The holiness is made of elements that are not holy, like anger, like fear, like jealousy, like despair. But if we know how to make use of these garbage, how to transform them into compost, we can nourish the flower of mindfulness. Aliveness, compassion, and joyness. Because uh, garbage and flowers, they are both organic. The suffering in us is also of an organic nature. The happiness that we produce is also organic. And that is why both of them can be transformed, garbage into flower, and flower into garbage. That is why practicing is possible. We don't need to throw anything away. We are like organic gardeners. We keep the garbage. We make them into heaps and we transform them into nourishing elements in order to produce the flowers of mindfulness, of uh, concentration, of insight, of peace, of happiness. The Buddha also, he made um, his happiness out of the elements of affliction. And life is a process of uh, transformation. If we know the art of transformation, then we we will not be uh, afraid anymore of the garbage in us. We can smile to them, oh my little garbage, I know you are there, and I will help you to transform into 
peace and joy. So no need to run away from your pain, your sorrow. You just recognize them, embrace them, and help them to transform. No fear. And that is the, what the Buddha did during his lifetime. And that, that, um, that was what he wanted his uh, friends, his disciples to do also. We always produce garbage. We also produce uh, very, the worst kind of garbage, hate, fear, nuclear waste. And if we are aware that uh, we are creating garbage, uh, we should be aware that uh, we, should, uh, we can stop. We can start transformation, transforming these garbages into something more positive. The Buddha offers us a very uh, simple, effective uh, methods of practice. And we should uh, master these uh, methods of practice. And with that, uh, we are no longer afraid of anything, including death, including uh, sickness, including uh, fear and despair. In the Sutra on Mindful Breathing, the first exercise he's offer, he offers is uh, in-out. Breathing in, I know this is my in-breath. Breathing out, I know this is my out-breath. Breathing in, I know I'm breathing in. Breathing out, I know I'm breathing out. It's like a children's game to identify your in-breath as your in-breath, to identify your out-breath as your out-breath. And while you breathe in, you are completely aware that this is your in-breath. Your in-breath might last um, 10 seconds or 15 seconds. And this and during these 10 seconds or 15 seconds, you may, you may have uh, one second being fully aware that this is your in-breath. But nothing prevents you to maintain that awareness during the whole time of your in-breath. If you only have one second or half an, a second of mindfulness that this is your in-breath, that is not so bad. That's not too bad already. But you can do much better. During the whole time of uh, breathing in, you maintain that awareness alive. This is my in-breath. Suppose your in-breath Begin here, begins here, and uh, ends here. And this is the length of your in breath. 15 seconds. 
or 10 seconds. And suppose your finger is your awareness. If you breathe without your awareness, that is not practice. Now you are breathing with your awareness. Breathing in, I know I am breathing in. Your finger always stay with your in-breath. Never take off like an airplane. <laughs> and you, you might use just one word, in. In. And this is your training. And if you know how to do it, you get the pleasure of the practice. This is not something hard to do. You don't need to make any effort. You just enjoy in-breath. And you are completely aware that this is your in-breath. You keep your awareness alive during 10 or 15 seconds. Those of us who uh, pay attention to the rising of our abdomen and the falling of our abdomen, breathing in, I notice that my abdomen is rising. Breathing out, I notice that my abdomen is falling. That is one of the ways to maintain awareness alive during the whole time of breathing in and breathing out. And it can be very pleasant, whether you are in a sitting position or in a lying position, breathing is always a pleasure. And since your mind is completely focused on your in-breath and out-breath, you stop all your thinking together. Because that awareness is not thinking. Breathing in, this is my in-breath. That's not thinking. That's pure awareness that something is happening in the here and the now. That something is, I am breathing in. And that is awareness. That is mindfulness. And since mindfulness is there, concentration is there. Because when you are mindful of something, and if you are fully aware of it, you are concentrated on it. You are concentrated on one thing, your in-breath. And that is why you know that the energy of, of mindfulness carries within herself the energy of concentration. Concentration is born from mindfulness. Mindfulness is a mother. Concentration is a daughter. And mother and daughter are just a continuation. Mindfulness is always mindfulness of something. In this case, mindfulness of your in-breath. Concentration is concentration on something. 
And here, you are concentrated on your in-breath. And in mindfulness and concentration, you can stop altogether your thinking. That is something very important. Because there are those of us who cannot stop our thinking. There is a cassette tape always on the run in our head. We think of this, we think of that. We cannot stop our thinking. And we overthink. We think too much. It's like a TV set left uh, uh, on the whole night. It becomes very hot. Your head is also like that. If you keep thinking, your head becomes hot. And you cannot sleep. You want to find a button so that you can stop your thinking, but there is no button at all. Because your head is not uh, a TV set, your head is not a a cassette cassette player, there is no button. Fortunately, there is the practice of mindful breathing. And when you practice mindful breathing in and out, you stop your thinking, because you your mind is focused on your in-breath and your out-breath. You enjoy so much breathing in and out that you forget thinking. And this is very healing. Those of us who cannot stop our thinking, who get our head hot, who imagine a lot of things, whose thinking produces a lot of fear of despair, we know that thinking is not, is not helping at all. Thinking leads you to more confusion, to more fear, to more uncertainty. Therefore, thinking is not being. I think, therefore, I am not. I am not alive. And therefore, stopping the thinking is the beginning of, uh, of being alive. Because uh, during in the state of non-thinking, you are really with your in-breath. You are really with your out-breath. You are really with the flower. You are really with the blue sky. Touching deeply. You don't need the thinking. The thinking removes the, the true contact, the deep contact. And that is why to learn to train ourselves in mindful breathing in and out and to stop the thinking, uh, we, have, uh, we can heal ourselves, we can begin to touch the wonders of life that are available, that favorize uh, our, um, our healing. Because these elements have the power to nourish, to refresh, and to heal. The first exercise proposed by the Buddha is already a big step. And it's so simple, so easy. You can enjoy doing that. This is, this is not hard work. That is for your enjoyment. Breathing in. I'm aware that I am breathing in. 
I'm aware that I'm alive. And being alive is a miracle. It's the greatest of all miracles. This is the practice of resurrection. People don't live their life. The body is there, but their mind is elsewhere, caught in their worries, in the future, in the past. And only one mindful in-breath helps them to go home to, to themselves and to become alive again. And resurrection is not a, a ritual practice. Resurrection is a practice. And every time you go back to your in-breath and out-breath, Every time you use your foot to make a mindful step, you become alive again. That is truly the practice of resurrection, to bring life back. So that first exercise of mindful breathing is is a gift made by Buddha. Please enjoy it. Please share it with your beloved one. (coughs) Share it with your partner, with your child. Hold her hand. Invite her to sit down and to enjoy her in-breath, her own-breath. Darling, let us Breathe in and become aware of our in-breath. And your mindfulness, your energy of mindfulness will support him, support her in doing the same. This is love. And you might like to invite him, to invite her to go for walking meditation. And both of you do nothing except enjoy your steps, your in-breath and out-breath, and get in touch with life. Both of you are Buddhas at that time because you are inhabited by the energy of mindfulness. When you practice mindfulness, you are a Buddha. And if you practice all day, you are a full-time Buddha. If you just practice half an hour a day or one hour a day, you are a part-time Buddha. (laughs) (laughs) The second exercise offered by Buddha is long, short. That is practice of following your breath. The first one is to identify your in-breath as your in-breath, your out-breath as your out-breath. The second help you to enjoy the, the first practice all the way through. Breathing in a long breath, I know that I'm breathing in a long breath. It means I enjoy my breath 
from the beginning to the end. Breathing in a short breath, I enjoy. I, I know I am breathing in a short breath. The fact, the practice, is not to try to make your in-breath long, longer. If it is short, allow it to be short. If it is long, allow it to be long. Don't try to, 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 to force your in-breath and your out-breath the way you want. This is very important. You allow your in-breath and your out-breath to be what they are. Don't try to force, don't try to bend. Don't try to work on it. Because you have heard uh, expression like a breath work, that's not working. The practice of mindfulness is practice of becoming aware of what is going on. If your in-breath is short, you know that your in-breath is short. You don't criticize, you don't condemn, you don't judge, you allow it to be like that. That is what we call simple mere recognition. Just turn on the light of mindfulness and become aware of it. Like uh, you look at a child playing on the ground, you don't interfere. You just become aware of the child. So your in-breath is a child. Your in-breath might be short, might be long. You allow it to be what it is. You just turn on the light of mindfulness and become aware of your in-breath. And yet something will happen by itself. If you become of your in-breath like that for a few moments, the quality of your in-breath will improve. It is like a flower. Your in-breath is like a flower. And your mindfulness is like uh, the sunshine. The sunshine just embraces the flower, recognize the flower. And yet the sunshine will have an effect on the flower. Mindfulness is like the sunshine. It is a kind of energy. That energy is to recognize, to embrace. And by recognizing and embracing that, that energy, you have a good influence on what it recognizes, what it embraces. In the morning, the flower has not opened yet. But the sunshine continues to shine, to embrace. And we know the sunshine is made of uh, particles called photons, photons. And the photons, they embrace. They are not satisfied with going around the flower. They penetrate into the flower. And one hour and two hours 
later under the influence of that uh, sunshine, the flower open herself. So our in-breath is like that. Our out-breath is like that. It's a flower. And recognized by the energy of mindfulness, it will transform itself naturally without your intervention. And this you can notice by your, in your practice. You don't try to make your in-breath longer or deeper. But if you, uh, if you become aware of your in-breath and out-breath, they will naturally become deeper. longer and more harmonious. The quality of your in-breath will improve with the energy of mindfulness, embracing it. One minute can already make a difference. If you spend one minute breathing in and out mindfully, you notice the quality of your in-breath and out-breath will increase. Deeper, longer, more harmonious. And if you practice, if you keep, if you continue for a few minutes, you notice that uh, more peace, more harmony will come to you through your in-breath and out-breath. Because your in-breath and out-breath will have an influence on your body and will have an influence on your feelings. On one side, there is your body. On the other side, there is your feeling. And if, you are, if your in-breath has become more harmonious, deeper, slower, and then your body will profit from these uh, three things, harmony, depth, and... Uh, slow, deeper, slower, harmonious. And in your feelings also, it will inherit from, from these qualities of your in-breath. Because in the practice of meditation, there are always um, three elements, body, mind, and breath. And when you practice, these three things come together. If one of them becomes karma, the two others become karma. If one of them becomes more solid, the two others become more solid. Like your sitting position. If you got a good sitting position, which is stable, stable, solid, and then your breath and your feelings will profit also. They will get something they will get a little bit more stable, solid. In the process of uh, in meditation, the three elements, body, mind, and breath, become one. And all of them inherit from the energy of mindfulness and concentration. 
the oneness of body and mind brought about by mindful breathing. The second exercise suggests that uh, you enjoy your in-breath and your out-breath all the way through from the beginning to the end. Not just, uh, uh, not just in one second, but the whole. That is what we call tuitik, to follow your breath to follow your breath from the beginning to the end. And the end of your in-breath is the birth of your out-breath. And the end of your out-breath is the birth of your in-breath. It's like this. It's a continuation. If you want, you can draw like this. In-breath, out-breath. In-breath, out-breath. It's a continuation. No birth and no death. It's like when you play um, violin. It's a continuation. <coughs> your in-breath, the end of your in-breath is the, con- the beginning of your out-breath. It's like this, very harmonious. You are playing music. And that music brings harmony into your body and into your feelings. When you go to, to sleep, lie on, on your bed, allow your body to relax and play the music of breathing. And you can enter your sleep with uh, peace. We call it in Vietnamese, tùy tức tùy means to follow. Tức means uh, breath. We follow our, our, our breath all the way through. We enjoy, we don't stop enjoying uh, our in-breath and our breath. And during that time, no thinking. No worries, because we have uh, Mindfulness and concentration. Mindfulness and concentration generated by, by breathing. The third exercise offered by the Buddha in the Sutra of Mindful Breathing is awareness of body, of the whole body. Breathing in, I'm aware of my body. I'm mindful that my body is there. So this is a practice of going home to your body and recognize your body as being present. And this is the first attempt to reconcile with your body. Because you have left your body. You used to leave your body alone, unattended. 
Now the first exercise is uh, in out. This is uh, out. This is uh, in. The second one is trường uh, đoạn, long, short. long or short, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you become aware of it. The third is uh, awareness of body. Awareness is a yakti. The word yak uh, is uh, enlightenment, awareness, illumination. The knowledge, you know, you are aware, you wake up to the fact that your body is there. Already, that is already enlightenment. You are enlightened, you are aware, you know that your body is there. You recognize the presence of your body. This is very kind of you. The word Han is a, a technical, Buddhist technical term. The Sanskrit is a samskara, translated as formation. Formation. Everything is a formation, like um, the marker that I hold in my hand is a formation. It's made of uh, many elements. A flower is a formation. It is made of uh, sunshine, Cloud, rain, seed, minerals, earth, and so on. So anything that is made of uh, conditions is called a formation. And the table is a formation. And all formations are impermanent. And this is a physical formation of the table. And my hand is a formation, is a physiological formation. My anger is a formation, it is a mental formation. So things, formations can be physical, mental, biological, and so on. So breathing in, I am aware of the formation that is called body. And this is uh, the exact uh, translation. Breathing in, I am aware of this formation called physical body. So during your, your in-breath, you are fully aware that your body is, is 
And the energy of mindfulness generated by your in-breath is to embrace and recognize your body. To recognize your body as a formation. To come home to your body and to embrace it with uh, your mindfulness is very nice. So the Buddha proposed that exercise as an exercise. Breathing in, I'm aware of my body. Breathing out, I'm aware of my body. To go home. To embrace, to recognize. And you might do that in the lying position or sitting position. Going home to your body is very important. To become fully alive, to get a chance to reconcile with your body and to help your body to heal. Because in the past we may have behaved as an enemy to our body. We have done to our body a lot of. Uh, difficult things. We have uh, eaten, we have drunk, we have uh, worked, we have uh, uh, stayed up late in the night, we have uh, caused a lot of uh, suffering to our body. So it's very nice to come home to your body and embrace it tenderly with your mindfulness. And that is the third, the third exercise proposed by the Buddha. And the fourth, Breathing in, I allow my body to relax, to stop. And the Chinese translation of uh, of that is "thân hành hữu tức." These uh, are very old Chinese uh, uh, characters. Uh, this translation is the third century uh, AD. Who means to rest? You are determined not to, to push, to press your body anymore. You allow your body to relax. And tuk means to stop. To stop and to rest. To rest. So this is uh, the the old world characters, the, the classical terms for total deep relaxation. So the Buddha see in the practice the key of healing for your body. So in a sitting position or in a lying position, you come home to your body and allow it to completely stop, rest, and relax. If you are a therapist, if you are a doctor, if you are a nurse, you would know that this is very crucial for the healing of your patient. 
And if you know how to do it well, you will help him, you will help her to do it also. Like the nurse who knows how to, how to help the patient not to, not to suffer during the time she gets a shot, she said, breathe out. And during the process of breathe out, she introduced the needle. Because when she breathes out, she relaxes. And she, she's not tense, that is why it's not painful. This is already the practice of love, of loving kindness, of compassion. And in Plumlesh, in, in the Deer Park Monastery, we used to combine, combine the two exercises into one. Breathing in, I'm aware of my body, breathing out, I allow my body to relax. And we introduce the smile. Because smiling, embodies awareness and, aware, and embodies relaxation. This is a mindful smile. This is not a diplomatic smile. <laughs> it is a smile of awareness. So we use a lot uh, the practice of smiling. Breathing in, I'm aware of my smile. Breathing out, I smile to my smile. <laughs> because the object of mindfulness is your smile. And you use your smile as uh, awareness and smile to your smile. So in our practice in Plum Ridge and in the Deer Park, we, introduce, we have to introduce the practice of smiling. In the beginning, we get some reaction. If I do not have joy, how could I smile? I'm not true to myself. I refuse to smile until I have joy in myself. Many people react like that. And they seem to say that, well, if you are not joyful, your smile is fake. It's not authentic. But here the smile is a practice. Because you know that a smile has the capacity of relaxing. There are about 300 muscles on your face. And every time you get angry, you get tense, all these 300 muscles become very tense. And together with the nervous system, you look like a bomb, (laughs) ready to explode. And if you know how to breathe in and smile, you relax all the 300 uh, muscles. So smiling here is an act. It's a practice. It's a practice of yoga, called the yoga of the mouth. <laughs> and if you are able to smile like that, well, you, you get the tension release right away. And, and you don't discriminate against the body. Because if you say that, uh, well, if I don't have joy, why should I smile? You think that your, your mind is the boss. Your, your mind should be the leader. If, 
your, your mind has joy and then you allow your body to smile. But you discriminate against the body. The body can take the lead. And if you know how to smile, and you get relaxation and the joy come, come later on. And we know that mind and body can be together. Mind and body and body are the two aspects of the same reality. The mind contains the body and the body contains the mind. What happens in the mind will have an effect on the body. And what happens in the body will have an effect on the mind. Why discriminate? That is why practicing yoga or the math. Uh, is possible. If you can smile, you release all the tensions and the joy will come. And that is why introducing the smile into meditation is very smart. And you know that the Buddha always smile. If you are a good uh, artist, you always put a smile on the lips of the Buddha. The, the Buddha smile to everything, even to suffering, to difficulties. And the practice of smiling shows that you have courage, you have wisdom, you have uh, um, compassion. And first of all, you have compassion toward yourself. Look into the glass and see how tense you are. Be compassionate, smile to yourself. So breathing in, I relax the formation called physical body. And I think uh, uh, healers, therapists, doctors should apply the teaching of the Buddha in their daily uh, practice, in hospitals and so on. The practice of total deep relaxation, going home to your body and take care of it, smile to it, helps tremendously. And uh, you are a doctor, you are a therapist, you may explore more of the sutra on mindful breathing. It's a treasure. And the Buddha is very uh, practical, very compassionate. You know that in the, uh, in the, fourth, the first four uh, exercises on mindful breathing, he entirely deal with the body because the breath is part of the body. And after having deal with the body, he began to deal with the feelings. The second group of exercise will deal with the feelings, but the first group of exercise deal only with the body. And you cannot uh, deny the role of uh, of uh, mindfulness and relaxation in the process of uh, healing. 
and transformation. In your sitting meditation, you may like to devote your time to just enjoy one or two of these uh, four exercises. And of course, uh, when you are ready, you can um, take up practice like uh, contemplating on impermanence, on non-self. But first, you have to master the art of bringing mind and body together to be fully alive, to be peaceful, to be relaxed. And later on, you will learn about other exercises of breathing that deal more with the nature of our true nature, the nature of reality. When you sit down, you might like to begin with uh, this first exercise to identify your in-breath and your out-breath. And you can smile to them, breathing in, I'm aware of my in-breath, with now I smile to my in-breath. It's a very joyful practice. And you know that your brothers and sisters are sitting together with you and doing the same And the collective energy is powerful, penetrating into each of us. And that is uh, the benefit of uh, uh, practicing with the Sangha. You are always supported by the energy of the Sangha. And you enjoy your in-breath and out-breath from the beginning to the end. Never allow the thinking to intrude to stop the process of enjoyment. And then you come home to your body. And to reconcile your body and to begin taking care of your body. So kind of you, to take care of your body, to allow your body to rest, to stop altogether. Not only you can do that in the sitting position, but also in the lying position, on the grass, on your bed. And everyone can succeed in these four exercises. I know children who succeed in the practice of these uh, four, four exercises. And uh, during the process of, uh, of uh, learning and practicing, you can explore more and offer uh, methods of practice based on this uh, experience of the Buddha this teaching of the Buddha. With the fifth exercise, the Buddha introduced us to the realm of feelings.
Breathe in, I feel joy. Breathing in, I am aware of the feeling called joy. Breathing out, I am aware of the feeling called joy. Because feeling is also a formation. And this is no longer a physical formation, it is a mental formation, joy and happiness. Breathing in, I am aware of the feeling called happiness. This is uh, the fifth exercise. This is uh, the sixth exercise. So the the four, the fifth and the sixth are to help us to get in touch with the joy and the happiness for our nourishment and healing. Of course, during the process of practice, you have to touch the pain, the sorrow, the negative. But if you are not strong enough, and touching these negative things may not be very beneficial, that is why the Buddha urged us to, to practice uh, selective touching, touching the seeds of joy and happiness first, so that you can go strong enough in order to handle of lots of suffering. Well, he's a very good, very excellent therapist. <laughs> you know, if your body is weak, you cannot undergo a surgery. The doctor has to help you to get stronger before you are allowed to, to go through a surgery. This is the same. You should get enough joy and happiness in order to be strong enough to handle the blocks of suffering and despair in you. And how? The practice of uh, the fifth and the sixth is the practice of auto-suggestion, wishful thinking. You are not happy and you imagine that you are happy. This is not possible. And that is why we have to look deeper into the Buddha's way. He said that happiness and joy can be born if you know how to touch the seed that are already existing in your consciousness. Because consciousness, our consciousness is made at least of two layers. And of and the upper le- level of our consciousness is called mind consciousness. And, uh, and the lower level of, uh, of our consciousness is called um, store, store consciousness. We have seeds of sorrow, of fear, of despair here, but we have also the seed of joy, 
of uh, stability of compassion here. And maybe, maybe this seed of joy, compassion, have been covered up by, by the negative seed, but they are still there. So the practice is to, is to touch these seeds so that they can manifest themselves on the upper level of your consciousness. And this is possible for everyone. And the Buddha said that, well, in order for, for, for joy and happiness to become real energies, bringing, bringing your, your strength, and then you should know how to touch this positive seat in us. For this moment, don't try to touch this negative seat. You should begin to touch the seat of joy, of happiness in you, so that uh, they can manifest here as a source of energy, nourishing you, make you stronger. And the way the Buddha do it, does it is uh, through the through mindfulness. That way the first way to bring joy is li, li means to 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 leave it behind to let it go throw it away. And this is a very wonderful practice. Something that you may have considered to be crucial for your happiness, for your safety. But in fact, if you look deeply, you may realize that they have been an obstacle for your happiness, for your liberation. And if you recognize them, as an obstacle, you can throw it away, you can leave it behind, and happiness comes. Most of us live in a busy city, and during the weekdays, we suffer because of the noise, because of the pressure. So when the weekend comes, we want to get away. We may need half an hour or one hour to get, to get out of the city. And when we begin to see the hills, the fields, the trees, the blue sky, we feel happy because of what? Because we have left the city behind. Leaving behind, allow it to go, is a way of bringing joy and happiness. One day the Buddha was sitting in the wood, not so far from the city of Vaishali, north of the Ganges River, with a number of monks. They just, just finished uh, their mindful lunch. They were about to start a Dharma discussion. Suddenly a farmer 
went by very unhappy. The farmer said, Monks, have you seen my cows passing through here? He asked the Buddha. The Buddha said, what cows? We have not seen any cows. And the farmer said, Monks, I think I'm going to kill myself. I suffer so much. I have a few cows. And this morning they have run, run, run away, all of them. And that is not all. I have a few acres of sesame seed plants. And this year the insects have eaten them all. I have nothing left. I think I'm going to kill myself. So out of compassion, the Buddha said, Dear friend, we have not seen your cows passing by here. You might like to look for the other direction. So the farmer left and searching for his cows. The Buddha looked back at his uh, monks and smiled. And that is what he said, my dear friends, you are very lucky. You don't have any cows to lose. (laughs) Suppose we monks, we have so many cows. We have to take care of our cows. And from time to time, we lose our cows. We will suffer a lot. So the secret of happiness is that you should be able to release your cows. So the practice is to look back and to recognize your cows. The cows that you might have thought to be crucial for your well-being, for your happiness, but in fact they, are, they have been obstacles. You have no courage to let go of them. Take a piece of paper, go to the foot of a tree and write down the name of your cows. Look deeply to see whether there are cows that you can let go. This is is happiness. I know the refugees, the boat people, when they come to France, to Germany, to the United States of America, they went to the flea market. They saw things are very, 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 very cheap. One dollar, half a dollar, they can buy big things like this. So whatever, uh, whatever amount of money they have, they use in order to, to buy these kind of things and bring home. But their home is very small. And very soon, in a few weeks, their home is filled with things that they don't use. They don't need these things, and yet they, they feel they find it so cheap. So they buy, they have bought a lot. And they suffer, they have no place to move around. In <laughs> One day they get enlightened. They said, I don't need these things, why should I keep like that? So they begin to give away. And they, they have a lot of place to move in. You see, happiness lies in the fact that you are able to let go. You have, you have too many cows that are not crucial for your happiness. 
they have become the obstacle for your own freedom, your own happiness. That is why write them down, the names of all your cows, and begin to release one by one. That is the secret of the Buddha. He had released so many cows. Finally, he became very free like the moon sailing in the blue sky. So free. The happiness is total. I always tell my friends, my disciples, that you have to take care of uh, your temple, your practice center. Be aware. Don't make them into your cows. You're building a temple, building a practice center. Maybe a good thing. But if you do it in such a way that it becomes your cows, you begin to suffer. You have to fit them to retain your freedom. If you need, throw it away. So your job, your partner, also. If they have become a nuisance, if they forbid you to be happy, to be free, don't hesitate to let go. Freedom is the foundation of all happiness and joy. So learning how to let go, to release, that is the secret of the Buddha. He has shared that with us. <laughs> so so bringing, bringing joy and happiness by the practice of letting go uh, is his first recommendation. It's called Li Shin Hi Li, let go, Shin Hi The joy, the happiness, born from the act of letting go. Joy, happiness, born from letting go. This is the first practice. The second practice is mindfulness. Niệm Shin Hi Lạc. The joy and the happiness born from mindfulness. Mindfulness is to become aware. There are so many wonderful things. Refreshing, healing, nourishing elements within us and around us. But because we live in forgetfulness, that is why we cannot get in touch. We live with the wonders of life. We live in the kingdom of God, in the pure land of Buddha, but we cannot get in touch with all these wonders of life that are always available. We get ourselves trapped into our worries, our fear, our anger, our jealousy, and we lose the kingdom of God. We lose the pure land of the Buddha. We lose all wonders of life. That is why practicing mindfulness is to go home and recognize that the wonders of life are still there. Your eyes, your smile, your beloved uh, child are there. The blue sky is there. The beautiful mountains is there. The fresh air is there. And suddenly, the kingdom of God becomes yours, available. The pure land of Buddha, 
that you have been searching is right here and right now. And that is a miracle of mindfulness. The miracle of mindfulness brings you home to life and helps you to get in touch with the wonders of life so that you can live deeply every moment of your daily life. And that is why it is possible to make joy and happiness born from the practice of mindfulness. Joy and happiness born from living behind. Joy and happiness born from mindfulness. And joy and happiness born from concentration. Then concentration, samadhi. The more you are concentrated on it, the more understanding and joy become. When, suppose you have a Suppose you you become aware of the water, the 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 tap water. You are you are putting your hand under the water coming from the the tap, the tap. And if you have mindfulness. You see that it's wonderful that the water comes right here for you. The source, the water from the source up there from the mountain or deep here on the earth now come to, to, to your house. And that mindfulness helps you to be concentrated on the fact that you are washing your hand and the water from the high mountain is coming to you and, and during the time of washing your hand and putting some of the water on, on, your, on your face, it's a wonderful. There are those of us, many, many of us in the world, in order to get some water, we have to, to go for many, many kilometers and carry a bucket home. And when we carry them home, it's hot in the sunshine. And here, where the water comes to your home, and you just need to open the tap, and the water flows like a miracle. So if you have mindfulness, if you have concentration, you live very deep moment of happiness. You don't need a lot of money. You don't need fame. You don't need uh, power. Just mindfulness, just concentration, and you can live very deeply your moments of daily life, full of happiness and of joy. You are performing the miracles of being alive. So this is not wishful thinking. This is not auto-suggestion. This is not hypnotism. This is uh, the real practice of touching the seat of happiness and joy uh, by, by using the energy of uh, the wisdom and the energy of leaving behind, releasing the cows, uh, 
generating the energy of mindfulness, generating the energy of uh, concentration. And if we know how to make use of this teaching and this practice and bring more quality and joy to our life, that will help the world. We help uh, the people around us and stop the course of uh, destruction that has been inflicted on us for too long. And with the um, seventh exercise, you learn how to deal with uh, feelings that are not joy and happiness, painful feelings. But before that, you should be able to master the techniques of uh, watering the seed of happiness and joy in us. The Sutra on Mindful Breathing is a treasure. The day I discovered, I was so happy. 